Welcome to the Video Comics Podcast. We're your hosts, Kay, Kareem, and Hanif. We're going to discuss episode one of Lovecraft Country on HBO. We definitely will need a green book, uh, but we, we actually we won't need a green book because we got Kay here to guide us through Lovecraft Country. I mean, we, we do need the green book, and, and I want that green book, and I want the items written on it, and I want the comic book that she did. I want it all. <laughs> Okay, you saw it, what, how many times? You saw it three times or four times? I saw it three times. So three episode times. one is called Sundown, mm-hmm. um, and which is appropriate. But I saw it three times. I saw it the first time it aired, then I literally watched it immediately afterwards because there were some questions that I still had. And then I saw it again on Monday night because I just was like, wait, hold on, what else did I miss? And each time I see it, I miss, I see something that I, did, that I missed before. Episode one was called Sundown, and the synopsis is Atticus Freeman meets up with his friend Letitia and his uncle George to embark on a road trip across the 1950s Jim Crow in search of his missing father. Yeah, That's see, literally all we get. Yeah, but that, that description is, is, so, yeah, is so null and void of, of actual what's, what's taking place. That's the title alone of Sundown. Um, for, for those who don't know. And just like Watchmen, when a lot of people didn't know about the, um, the, the race riots, uh, actually more of a massacre in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, back in the early uh, night, turn of the century. Uh, sundown towns and sundown counties were literally places in the United States where if a Black person was found to be there after the sun went down, they were more than likely going to die or be beaten close to death. Um, so, you know, welcome to America. Make America great again, right? Watching this, this first episode, I mean, there's so much we're going to unpack, but the real suspense, the real horror for me um, uh, wasn't, you know, the monsters that we see towards the end of the episode. It was more so the tangible racism from the white people, the cops, the uh, patrons in the restaurants, uh, the segregation. That, to me, was more of the horror just having to see uh, the visualization of Courtney B. Vance, who's a great actor, have to look at the roadmaps and decide where they can go, where they can go uh, to eat, uh, where they can go rest their head, you know, wh- what towns they can go. That's ridiculous. The, this, and that's not even like something that happened ages ago. You know, our ancestors had to go through this. This is something that our parents- My mom had to deal with. Yeah. I mean, my, <laughs> my mother, parents, my yeah. grandmother. Yeah. So as no, we we can touch the history of this. I mean, we probably uh, many of us were probably sitting next to loved ones who said, "Yep, that that was us on the summer of you no know, '54, doing the same kind of things, having to navigate, um, uh, driving through the country." And it's not even um, like this happened strictly in the South. They were going no. from Chicago to Boston, so they were right. going from from the Midwest and the North Midwest to the Northeast. So it wasn't like they in the deep in the South and Dixie. This is strictly <laughs> above the Mason-Dixon going east and, and encountering all kind of uh, uh, prejudices and, and um, threats on their person. And it's interesting yeah. because we, we, we automatically assume that like the sundown towns are gone. And that's the thing, like how people assume, oh, no, no, this is clearly the south. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is clearly not the south. This is here. This is now. And what I mean now, but it's like, this is above the Mason-Dixon line. And the fact that we just... The fact that so many people looked up sundown towns, like I saw it as it was like tweeting, people were like, "Well, what's a sundown town?" Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people, how do how do you not know this? Yeah, and that's always my thing. I'm like, uh, people well, really don't 
know or don't want to learn these things because it's not like it's new it's mm-hmm. not like it's not still happening because you can still find signs of sundown towns in the south now and in some locations here because there's a, a location where i live where they turn off an entire street away from people then you can't go through and well, it's, also, a, it's also, not even a private town yeah but also with the, with the not being able to know or not knowing about sundown towns it falls back on um, uh, well, we, we can't rely on schools because unfortunately that's not, that's not going to be information that's going to be in books. When they're already whitewashing slavery as no uh, uh, volunteers servants. Or, servants or workers without actually putting the, the, the graphic uh, and honest truth about what slavery is or, or Jim Crow, you're not going to get, you, you can bet your bottom dollar you're not going to find any information about sundown towns. That's going to unfortunately have to go and rely on the parents uh, or, or your own research um so with that being said we got to really uh look at, at at our own to educate us about our our history and our past um but i mean sundown towns and sundown counties is just a small snippet of this first a- episode to unpack i mean we can circle back to the very beginning of the uh episode which showcases that wonderful that- dream yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a dream sequence of him. I, b- I presume this is him fighting in North and in, in the Korean War, but then it's mixed with um, all these different elements of the classic '50s sci-fi with the um, no, the UFOs. You got uh, um, the Martian uh, woman that comes down, Jamie Chong, and then you have I think it was like Romans in the background fighting soldiers. Uh, yep, you had the Romans fighting the Confederate soldiers. Um, it was literally like every piece of history together and then you got with, with uh, jackie robinson uh, uh grand slam and cthulhu <laughs> so that was then he, as we saw cthulhu put himself back together like what you got now sir <laughs> what you got now true true i am cthulhu <laughs> your baseball baby is nothing to me <laughs> um i i'm before this show um aired and before i actually heard about it i didn't knew very little if not uh, none about hp uh, lovecraft as well as Lovecraft Country, um, uh, the book. Uh, so, you know, doing a little bit of research before this podcast and, and prior to the first episode, you know, you learn how racist H.P. Uh, Lovecraft uh, actually is. Um, so it was pretty cool to see that a book about, uh, you know, African-Americans uh, who are the, you know, the heroes and the lead characters of this uh, story, and it's been titled Lovecraft Country, which has a lot of elements about H.P. Um, uh, Lovecraft's uh, work, who's a, basically a, a racist uh, sci-fi writer from the turn of the century, I think from the late 1800s to, I think he died in 37 or so. Um, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot to unpack for the first episode and all the little um, Easter eggs, if you want to call them that, uh, uh, about this show. And I think the, what the Cage presented was, you know, uh, a lot of the artwork. You know, Afua Richardson uh, did the... Um, uh, the comic book drawing uh, that I forgot the daughter's name, uh, but Diana, Diana, uh, which is Courtney B. Vance's uh, daughter's name. The comic book that she creates is an African American woman who looks like she's a, a space explorer. Um, that was pretty cool. I didn't even know that. Like as as the episode airs, all this extra information comes out to, that allows you to go back and watch it again to appreciate those smaller uh, scenes and scenarios. True. But Kareem, like we we we've been over it. We've been talking more. What are your thoughts? Like what struck what has struck out from you? Like what are your thoughts on this episode? I I would take everything that um you and Honey just said 
regarding uh, the backstory with the, the, the title of this show, um, including Sundown Towns, and how this isn't some ancient history. This is more recent history. Uh, because the, the interesting thing when I first watched this show, uh, I was excited about the opening sequence, but I didn't have any fear. I wasn't concerned. I was just excited. No matter how many aliens came down, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But I, was, I didn't have any fear. Um, I actually felt more afraid when the bus uh, Atticus was riding on broke down and him and the other Black woman were walking down the road by themselves. That was the first time I felt fear watching this episode. And to me, I was like, this is perfect writing. Uh, because when you have these type of shows, who are the real monsters? And that's a question that a show that has these sci-fi elements, when they're able to put in the forefront, who are the real monsters? And it's not just the creatures that you see that look different from you. Uh, they tend to be the best shows. Uh, so I, I can relate to this story because my grandfather, he fought in the Korean War. Uh, when he came back, he still had to deal with uh, a lot of the, the prejudices and the racism uh, that everyone else had to deal with who was Black living in the Northeast. Uh, you know, my grandmother, she worked in sundown towns. My aunt tells me about sundown towns and how they had to make sure that they were out of those areas. Uh, so this isn't ancient history, nor, like Hanif said, is this in the Deep South. This is this is in areas where you would not believe. And I, I noticed that there was a list circulating online in terms of which towns were sundown towns. And people are surprised to learn that there are hundreds of towns that were sundown towns. Uh, so right off the bat, I knew I was going to love this show. It, it To me, HBO has another hit. It's similar to how Watchmen was. Uh, it, it seems like there's something about that time slot where the, the show is always on point. Um, so I was interested in the characters. I was interested in the locations. Uh, so before we even got to the monsters later in the episode, I was already fully invested and the tension was already high. See, that's, and that's like, that's like kind of what I like, like you see, you, you, it opens up with this fantastical world and then it drops you back down into the real world of stress. You're like, you know, you clearly can see that this is a cartoon, that this is the, the opening is just like, okay, this is a dream. This is an amazing sequence. But then when you're dropped down, and how she's, how he's on the bus and he wakes up and the lady says, we just passed another bridge of a confederate. Yep. yep. Welcome to the real and world. She, and she flips the finger. That made me, as you can tell, I'm still laughing. That just filled me with such joy. Because yeah, it's like, yeah. Like in order for me to go, to get from one place to another, I still have to pass through these names. And I like how she explained to him how the guy was reading um, John Carter, the the Princess of Mars, yeah. and how he's like a fan of it. And he and so when he tells her, yeah, that the that the the the, uh, the character John Carter was uh, an ex Confederate soldier, an, an, yeah, an ex Confederate soldier, she says, "There's no X about that." And I was like, you know what? Like, because when we when we see the movie, like if we've watched the movie. Uh, Princess of Mars, like the later version, like the one that we've that, that have come out, like I think from like 2000 forward, they kind of skip off that part. The dude was a Confederate soldier, and you're just like, oh, oh yeah, okay, because yeah. you yeah. don't you don't want to have that that um, that sour taste in your mouth of oh you're rooting for a person who was fighting for 
uh, either possibly fighting for uh, slavery or, or what is called states rights. I, I've never read the book, so I'm not sure how deep they go into his backstory, uh, John Carter's uh, backstory, as far as it was he really racist? Did he, was he a slave owner? All this stuff. I just knew that he was transplanted onto another planet and then you know, helps to liberate blah, blah, blah. Um, but I did like the, I like the fact that they show that Atticus is a sci-fi nerd or, or, or geek, or however you want to label him. And it's not the traditional fact. No, this is a guy who went to war, but also is, is a soldier, but at the same time is um, uh, an aficionado or a fan of science fiction, albeit it's uh, of Lovecraft. Uh, but that brings up another topic of discussion as far as if you know a creator or a, a writer or an artist has racist tendencies or comments or history, does that detract from their creation or their work? Like, can you enjoy um, uh, uh, Tolkien's work uh, when uh, some of his previous comments might be deemed uh, uh, as racist? Or can you enjoy Lovecraft? Uh, actually, well, yes, you can, technically you can enjoy Lovecraft right. Country because it's written by Matt Ruff and not by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, so it's like, is there artists out there that you know have issues, you know, whether it's racism or something else, but yet you still enjoy uh, their, you know, their artwork, their literature, their music, uh, just or their, their comedy, whatever. Can you get past their personal and their stuff as, and still enjoy the, the body of work that they produce or, pr or yep. continue to produce? I mean, yeah. Well, for me, like, like, like I have read Lovecraft since I was probably in high school around that time, but I'm not even gonna lie. I had never, at least not, no, I hadn't heard way back 20 something years ago about his, on the creation of niggers thing. I didn't hear that. I had not heard, I hadn't read that poem. And I think had I read that poem first, I would not have been a fan of Lovecraft, even though I know like this is like that was written in 1912. I don't care. I think if I would have known that beforehand, my love for Lovecraft would have been gone. Mm. So I can go back now and still enjoy Lovecraft because it's something that I loved at a, as a as when I was younger, and I didn't. There's some there's something great about being ignorant, like. <laughs> Yeah, so like in like in my childhood I was ignorant of the fact that he was this rabbit. But it's not like it didn't creep up in his stories because mm -hmm. he was so oh man. Some of his themes were just really you're just like, wow, dude, I need someone to put a nothing. Well, I'm not say that because it's guess... recorded. <laughs> no, but I was I was gonna say it was not so much ignorant to the, I would uh, almost chalk it up to this is how the people thought at the time. Like if I read Mark Twain and there's no no nigger Jim and, and, and nigger this, I would presume right. that's how they just thought of black people at that time. Not so much that he's so he's super racist and you know, but just maybe that's unfortunately how white yeah. people saw uh, people of color at that time across the board. Maybe it, it might have been more rare for someone of uh, not black or, or, or brown to see people of color as equal rather than you know, subservient individuals or, or as Lovecraft calls them, almost like beasts uh, 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 and, and what. Yeah, we, we, build the, we build the bridge uh, between beasts and man. So in, in that, on, on the creation of, if, if you haven't seen the episode, they do, tell, they, do, do, they do reference that particular poem from 1912 they don't say it, but they do reference the poem on the creation of 
the N-word. Kay's going to go ahead and read the H.P. Lovecraft poem from 1912 called On the Creation of Niggers. When long ago the gods created earth, in Jove's fair image man was shaped at birth. The beasts for lesser parts were next designed, yet were they too remote from humankind. To fill the gap and to join the rest to man, the Olympian host conceived a clever plan. A beast they wrought in semi-human figure, filled it with vice, and called the thing a nigger. And there we go. Yes. Yeah. If, if 14 year old of me would have read this, I'd have been like, Mm-mm, nope. Yeah. F this dude. F this dude. Burn all his works. I hope he's in fiery hell. That would have been 14 year old me. <laughs> and I wouldn't have enjoyed. Yeah, I'm sorry. I wouldn't have enjoyed. I would have enjoyed his work. But you know that's it's a it was a different time period back then. You know, mm-hmm. you know I I do I do take some of that with a grain of salt in terms of a different time period. But then I also remember not everybody was racist even in that time period. Um, exactly. So it's it's hard for me to to put aside completely things of this nature uh, for the simple fact that um, it's going to always be in the back of my head if I read certain lines that that i can take as ambiguous mm-hmm. um so it, it's something like a, like an r kelly song and i'm not trying to digress but it, when you when you we grew up with r kelly we all listened to his we music did. but when i hear it now i cannot separate what is being said from the actions because now i think well who is he really talking about yeah yeah. So it's yeah. it's the same thing with these type of, of authors. When I read certain language, I'm like, well, who are they really talking about? And that's always going to be in the back of my head. Uh, when it's something this 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 obvious, I've, I've never heard this poem in its entirety before. Um, looking at it now, I, I'm glad that there is uh, very little that I know about H.P. Lovecraft, um, aside from friends like Kay, who've been into him as an author, I can't recall myself being so caught up in some of his stories. Um, so I'm glad for that because I would be disappointed if I found something from, you know, Tolkien this explicit. <laughs> and it would be hard for me to look at some aspects of the Lord of the Rings the same. Uh, but I think it's a, it's a choice. It's a personal choice in terms of how you want to uh, pursue that information now, because it's clear that if he put this out today, he wouldn't be accepted. Um, as an author the way that he is now. So I think we can take some some comfort in knowing that you can't be this blatant about certain things and yeah. still be as successful. Uh, but yeah, it would impact my view of, of all his previous works. It would, yeah. But let's not dwell too much on Lovecraft and let's go back into the actual show because, you know, we've, 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 we've given uh, his legacy some thought we, we, we put enough shine on them for now let's 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 put them back into the recesses of uh, our, our mind uh, right and let's let's action. let's now talk let's now talk about Letitia, letty effing lewis no 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 <laughs> <laughs> and the flow joe of and the flow joe of all um sci-fi horror writing i, I give her credit because when she got she ran out of that diner real quick with them heels and i if you could run in heels salute to you but i mean it, I enjoyed her character. Um, uh, I mean, granted, she's she's a um, talented individual from her days at East Bayou to even when she did, uh, you know, Birds of Prey. No, no well, yeah, the uh, 
Oh, that DC. That was it. Was a trash ass DC movie, but I mean, she's stop played, it because I did see it right, like right before I watched Lovecraft, and it wasn't that bad. It was first of all, we're not going to get sidetracked on how trash DC movie, the, the Harley Quinn DC movie is. So let's focus. Let's focus the back <laughs> on, Lovecraft. on Lovecraft. Bye. Whatever. I enjoy it, but okay. Um, I thought it was interesting. Speaking of that diner scene, mm-hmm. um. Now this is part of the reason why I watched it, why I watched it multiple times. I kept trying to figure out what it was Atticus saw that made him think something wasn't right. Like what was it about the fact that the walls were white that made him realize that it had been burned? I think he just said all it's just everything was white. Just like there's no there's, there was no kind of there was no kind of design or wallpaper or any kind of paintings. Just everything was just white, and that's when he asked. You no, know, he asked his uncle George as far as you no, know, which they give which they beautifully uh, throw in there quickly about the history of the White House and why it was painted white to begin with. Well, the second time it was produced uh, created, why it was painted white. Uh, but then they show you the the uh, floor like he slides a, the tile shows like there's burn damage and they they book it. Yeah, but, right. And I love that. I love that they're that they're booking it. Um, I love what I feel like we're going to learn about the history, like the, the family mm-hmm. between them, bet- between like when, cause I'm, we're, I'm focusing really on Letty right now. Um, when Letitia shows up to her home mm-hmm. and she's with her sister and I was like, yeah, there's a really strong family disconnect with these two. And mm-hmm. then we find out, I don't think it's just because of the fact that their mother, she missed their mother's funeral. I think there's a lot more that we don't know. And I'm interested in seeing how that plays out. Like, and I love that you could feel it, but they still were sisterly. And it's like all these little nods and little things about family and family secrets are coming out. And yeah. I like the way they're playing it. And they, they uh, I mean, they kind of, when he, she had the, you know, the blow up argument with her brother that night um, before the, she actually gets kicked out of the house and she has to join um, uh, Atticus and, and Uncle George. He tells like, no, you, you left, you went up north and, oh, not north, went up north. You went and left and you was asking for money, but where did the money go? Like, we don't know much about her story other than she's helping bail people out. So it sounds like she's somewhat on the front lines of, of trying to fight um, the Jim Crow era uh, rules and, and, and segregation. Uh, but the, her family, who's still back at home, still in, in, in the sticks, don't understand that they just see her as no you you just you know you're fighting a system that's not going to change you know just give in and live your life as you are as as they are um which i mean it's still even though they seem to be happy having their little uh you know cookout and a block party but i think they see her not just as physically being different as as far as just the disparity in the in the skin tone but also that you know she's living a different life than what they probably either had planned for her um before she left town yeah, and 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 I do want to learn more about what she's been doing, uh, or who she is as a character. Um, she was great in episode one, um, especially when she led them on that car chase. Uh, mm-hmm. That was incredible. But I really want to know what caused her to miss her mother's funeral. Now, obviously, there's some some painful history that's there. It came out with her argument with her brother. I said, you know, well, he wasn't there all the time like she was. Uh, but I, I am curious to know what kind of life she's been living uh, that brought her to that point where she is now. 
Yeah, I'm hoping that hopefully they'll, they'll jump into that. A um, uh, little bit of history there. I'm looking forward to that. I, I think next week's episode, they, they showcase a little bit more that, you know, he, they finally make it to the estate of where his uh, Atticus's mother uh, either reside or is from, which I'm really interested to find out how a, a, a black woman, I presume she's black from the photos that they uh, showed us, how her family came to be at that, um, that estate. You mean with so many uber white looking people <laughs> that are there, those creepy blonde eyes, blonde yeah, hair, like, blue eyed, cre- like yo, y'all look like albinos and y'all look like y'all ready to kill people. I, I can't. Like, I can't like, was she, like I wasn't sure. Like it was she was, was she possibly the help or what did, was this a um, or is she family? A, a, is she kin? Exactly. Like how's how's this going? Especially just for the time period. Like if it was say, set in uh, present day, we probably wouldn't bat an eye. Like, okay, it's an interracial relationship. No, fine. But now, back in the the fifties. Like wait a second, a, a black uh, a black person and a white person can't it was legally couldn't get married so like what's going on here I mean how's this gonna work um, so I I like to know more backstory uh, about that uh, but let's and I got a question uh-huh. I'm gonna talk about the backstory about that whose picture was Uncle George looking at like when he pulled out the picture in his in his um in his wallet that right. wasn't his wife no i believe that was atticus's mother i thought that was the same i thought that was atticus's so, mother which is uh maybe at some point maybe again i haven't read the book so i'm, I'm guessing either yeah <laughs> where Atti- uh, uncle george and, and atticus's father might have liked the same woman and, and that's kind of what i've been wondering i was like like so has ha- has and there's so many questions that they were, they, were, they were just like looking at, but I'm just like, who are you? Because he, because as soon as he came back saying that his dad was missing and he was looking at it, Uncle George's entire like countenance changed. Like he was like, crap, you're still looking into this. This is not good. Like, what did, what does Uncle George really know? Because he doesn't seem shocked that his daughter has the sight at all. Well, that's, that's, that's true. Well, we see it as sight, but I mean, for all we know, they, uh, he may just think that she's just drawing, you know, just drawing stuff on, on a map just to be creative because they already showed her artistic talents and she just might be just drawing characters on a map based upon his findings from his green book creation. Well, not creation, but his, um, just for handling the green book, he tells, you know, he finds out what cities and counties and shops that black people are welcomed in. And maybe from that information, Diana is just drawing those kind of, you know, these goblins and trolls and, and henchmen and, and clansmen on the map based on that. So we may not be sight like um, uh, anything futuristic or even like the, uh, the gift that they had, like uh, Danny has and say like the shining kind of thing. It might not even be something that profound. Uh, again, we'll see as, as the show progresses. As it unfolds. Yeah. yeah like we're, we're unpacking a lot of uh, speculations in the first, just from watching the first episode, which is great. I'm interested to see, oh, know more about the backstory between Atticus and his father. I mean, they hinted at it, you know, how he's, you know, Atticus's father was the youngest one and he had, and, and Courtney, had, Courtney B. Vance, the Uncle George's character, had to protect him. And like, was there, like, there was, it seems to be just um, a history of abuse within the, the, this, not just this Black family, but it sounds like it might have been inside the um, uh, Letitia, Letitia's yeah. family as well that there was just problems that go that just uh, through generations like the father was probably abused by his father and then you know, and they probably thought that's normal so then Atticus's father probably beat up on him 
as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's a pattern. And unfortunately, that's realistic, not just in, in black homes, but, you know, that, uh, just in families in general. Yeah. And domestic violence, unfortunately, is not um, uh, solely upon one ethnic group. Uh, but uh, it's good to see that they expose that and they talk about it. It's not just something that's just casually mentioned. I'm sure they're going to reference it again. And it may even show us a backstory as far as the actual uh, altercation that Atticus has had, had before he went off to, uh, to war. And it's kind of interesting because like, I like how, like I remember watching it and they kept saying, and, he, and, the fa- and the uncle kept saying, that's family business. And I'm like, family business is both a curse and a blessing because it's family business that they're out on the road uh, doing the book, but the secrets that come along with it are also family business. And so like, as much as this episode was about, for me, for me it was about sundown, they kept, they kept hammering in family business, family mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. family business. Everything has to do with the family. And they're just like, you know, this is actually a really interesting way to do it. And like, you're, oh, you give us so many things in this one little episode that, it may amount to something. It may not. Like we haven't even gotten to the point of the of the what what the purpose of that silver car was, aside from you know, creepy. or even how it was able to do it, what it was able to do. I yeah, mean, and where you can buy that car from because right, you know, like I'd like to buy one. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 especially made car. Yes, but what do you think about the the claim that everything matters in this show? So in terms of the little details that you saw in episode one may actually have significant meaning down the line. Uh, do you think that's just something to get people to rewatch episodes or do you think that there's some uh, truth to that statement? So, yeah, I think it's, there are lots of hidden things and I think it's meant for us to both rewatch and it's going to play a bigger part in the later episodes because the, there are things that they that they reflect on that I'm just like, no, there's something more to it. Like how, as when Diana's on the phone with her dad, and her mom is sitting there looking through the um magnif- the the telescope, and you're just like, wait. But then you go back to the beginning of the episode when Diana's like changing her comic book into her, and she's refer- referencing her mother's image, and everything she's talking about in the comic book is what her mother's doing, and then we see the preview for next for the the weeks to come because we can't say if that's next week and you see the mom out in space kind of sort we assume is that a dream we don't know so like mm-hmm. i feel like there's so many things that they that they that they give like there's these little tin, tidbits that they give you and you're like wait i kind of want to know just like for me i have no idea if this is going to amount to anything but when they finally make it to the house and there's that door knocker I want that door knocker (laughs) because and it's such it's such an arresting piece and I'm thinking like well what is the symbolism of them because if you look at the girl the woman in the middle like if you look at the face in the middle of the woman of the middle woman she looks like she's black but she's sitting on a lion but at the same time the two other creatures are they are that like they look serpent not serpentine they look oh what's it like you know normally on both they have the women um, on the header of the on like the old mast of ships and stuff, like but the mermaids, they, like those. Kind yeah, of things. but these are right. But these two have wings, so mm. it's like I, there's just so much in that one little image to me. And like the face below was like a demonic face, and the face above is kind of like 
less demonic but not necessarily not necessarily heavenly so like again maybe i'm just looking way too much into this but i'm like there are just so many little things that they keep showing you and i'm like you linger on stuff for long enough that i'm like there's a what's important about this but then again was that just to turn to, to pull me away from something else honestly uh, until you mentioned the donaka it, it went right over my head like i didn't even think yeah. about it so it's like oh it's just some you know, big uh, ornate door knocker for this elaborate uh almost x-men-esque uh mansion <laughs> yeah. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for like, you know patrick stewart to roll up so like, oh you've been chosen <laughs> yeah. okay. so I, like, I feel like we've seen this this exterior of this house and definitely that that uh the, the not porch but the outside i'm like there are a number of homes that we've seen this look with and uh, is it the same one that we keep filming at or it, i what? thought it was the same place osmandius was in and Watchmen. i thought a, a quick glance like is this where he was in Yo, that, that other home i mean it's something for me to research this um, being at hbo probably was yeah we're gonna Save keep money. this yeah we're gonna <laughs> yeah, keep this exactly. budget just move, move the clones out we're gonna put some other people in let's wash up stuff um but kareem brought up a good question uh, about you know the visuals and what everything matters um after uh, uh Kay, you've gone through it three times so you've probably even picked up more subtle things than i did um mine's originally was on the visuals uh was definitely during their uh drive through uh these sundown towns and stuff it was a lot of the visuals it was a lot of the audio especially when they had james baldwin talking yes and hearing him talk about you know the, the disparity between you no know, no um society and, and black america um it to me it added the suspense because you know of what uh just the impending doom of uh how tangible racism is it, not well not was but it still is uh as they traveled you know seeing the the whites only or the the uh the coloreds uh over here uh, uh i think it was like an ice cream shop i didn't yeah. realize until after you no know, doing research on the uh the lovecraft uh tv series and then the visuals that were um put into it i didn't realize that these are actually like trying to almost like shot for shot creations uh, of gordon parks uh of gordon parks uh american images which I yeah. thought was beautiful. Uh, I didn't even realize that these were even done until after you know, doing the research because it's like, okay, I can see that can be picturesque. Now you see all the, uh, the people of color waiting on the line or, or uh, the people at the, uh, the Sunday counter. Um, the mom it, and the daughter that are outside in the little Sunday dress and it says colored entrance. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Ex uh, that's another one. Um, but uh, definitely shout out to Misha Green who helped, uh, was one of the uh, executive directors and uh, creators of the show. Uh, alongside with uh, Jordan Peele. And a lot of it felt like uh, Get Out, um, uh, very Jordan Peele-esque uh, when they encounter, um, uh, when they actually stop at that, that uh, uh, diner, they were going to get something to eat. The whole time they go in, and I was, uh, me being uh, a person of obviously present date and, and living in um, the past uh, civil rights movement, Already, is, I felt as confrontational as Atticus was when he encountered a lot of white people. Like, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to hold my tongue for certain things. Like, I'm going to talk up. But in that instance, uh, when they're in the restaurant, as well as when they encounter the police officer, uh, when he's telling them, "You got like what under seven minutes to get out of out of town. Right. Like, you might not make it." Like, I felt like Atticus was like, "Like, I'm going to tell you, like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do this or whatever." But then at the same time, reality hits some ways. So it's like, well, look. It, the odds are against it. He's got a shotgun. I, I got a, I got a revolver that's not even on me. I got a, mm -hmm. uh, Uncle George got his kneecap shattered just for being in the, in the, um, just for you know being in a sundown town uh, previously, which he subtly mentions. We know he's rubbing his knees the night before. Right. Um, 
unfortunately, it's just like it was. That to me was probably the the scariest part of the 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 episode. Aside from though the the those vampire esque kind of creatures. To me, the racism. The Shogast. Yeah, yeah, the Shogast. To me, the racism was the scariest part. You know, watching them trying to hurry up out of town without speeding to get across the, right. uh, the county line, and then so and behold, they write out that he has. It was a setup all along. Yeah, it was. I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a like. It's a setup, like. Yeah, because so, when he said it's a sundown county, I was like, oh. Yeah, dude. so that's like, yeah, just imagine having to get out of, uh, like Brooklyn is a county, Queens is a county. Uh, each borough is a county. Like, imagine having to get out of Queens within seven minutes while driving a 25-mile-per-hour speed limit trying to get back to Brooklyn. Like, th- that, to me, honestly, I had, like, I had goosebumps. Like, are they going to get out? I know this is the first episode, but something's going to happen. George, Uncle George is going to catch a bullet for these. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, Uncle George is about to die. Like, Uncle George is so dying. And then when they're in the woods, and I'm like, nope, Uncle George is dead. George, he's dead. He's going. He's going. He, like, yeah, just not happy. But when I learned what it really meant for that county to be a sundown county, mm-hmm. I loved it because all those racist cops got, got everything that they deserved. <laughs> see, okay. So they didn't know what sundown meant, but they learned that day. They exactly. did. But then here's my thing. Like, if they've been doing this to other other black people that have come through their come through their county, mm-hmm. why have they never encountered it before? Like they, I think it's because of Atticus. Right, I think so the, it's and, all connected because somebody called the rest of the vampires off at the end. Yeah, like a whistle or something went off. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whistle while you okay, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking the whole time. Uh, as soon as the whistle blew, I said that white lady who was driving to look like a Rolls Royce. She better not just come mm-hmm. walking out the woods. But sure enough, they you know they walk out through the woods and they end up at this uh, that elaborate mansion with the white guy answered the door. So and and you saw the. Rolls Royce or whatever kind of brand. Uh, model yeah, it almost looks like a, it looks. Yeah, it almost looks like the um, Rolls Royce Phantom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of what is that? What it was? I haven't looked it up, but I mean, it, it definitely doesn't look like that silver Ford that the uh, gentleman who owned the bar was saying that it looked like. Um, no, it definitely looks like really, Yeah, that that definitely wasn't an expensive car, but. Um, I, I love this episode. I mean, just the visuals alone of just seeing uh, you know, the 1950s uh, uh, era attire, just the um, the signage, uh, just bringing back a lot of history, uh, whether or not it's the, it's the shot for shot recreation of the Gordon Parks images, uh, even the smaller things like Kay was talking about as far as the images that Diane is drawing of her, of the, um, uh, her comic and stuff. It's beautiful. I'm only I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to show in the other episodes. Uh, what about you, Kareem? What what was about what visuals caught your eye, and do you think they matter? I, I I've been wondering about the the diner, mm-hmm. and I know that it was to show how racism existed, um, and it even led to a, an excellent action sequence. But I think there may be more meaning behind that scene. Uh, not necessarily that they have to revisit that actual diner, but the fact that it changed ownership due to a fire and they were able to discover that. So I wonder if, because uh, the question I have is, and again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know if, if this is just speculation or if it actually uh, does come to life in the story, but what if the ownership of, the house that Atticus is brought to at the end of the episode also changed ownership at some point. And the true origins behind what 
resulted in the power that is connected to Atticus's family was subject to a hostile takeover. So it's just a thought that I had, because uh, what would be the significance of showing uh, the diner being burned down and changing ownership to be part of a, a racist community? Mm. So and maybe- then show a house at the end that is also populated by mostly white people. So do you think maybe like um, uh, Atticus's mother and her family owned the land and say they were chased out? Actually, now that you mention it, it may circle back to how they were talking about the witches. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. How the witches. Because they were fornicating with a, a demon or, or a person of color. So maybe that's how maybe Atticus's mother's father or parents or their her ancestors came to be with that a white uh, a white woman, slave owner, black guy. Uh, or a slave owner, who knows, or something like that. And they, they lived in that area and the clan came through, burnt them out and, and chased them off the land only to say, I don't know, some kind of creature or some portal from another realm or whatever opens up and lives there. <laughs> now they're all worshiping. Uh, I, I, who knows? Again, the three of us haven't read the book, so we're just spitballing no. ideas. And and, I, and we're doing our best not to read the book. Yeah, I'm going to wait yeah. till after the first season's over and then I'll read the book to see because I don't want my... I don't want to look at the books. Oh, they didn't. They didn't do this. They didn't cover this. This person should be that way. I'd rather go through the first season, first season, and then go and read the book because the book is only four hundred pages. So, I mean, that's something you can we can bang out in the course of a day or two, um, especially if it's audio book. So, what is uh, th- th- something else that you're wondering about, Kay? So, um, when it comes to like, let's say the town, because you know, like when they first rolled up. The building next door was still like, even though it was a it was a joint building, the store next door was already boarded up. And <laughs> it's funny because I was thinking, like, wait, was this, were they were they actually even in the right location? Because the store next door looked like it was boarded up. But I was like, what if that was the actual restaurant that they were supposed to go to? But because now we know it was a fire, that one was closed, and now this one is open. Be- and was he talking to the police officer or was he talking the kid, the guy on the phone or was he talking to the people at the firehouse because he says no I didn't serve him I know what you did to not after what you did to um the previous owner right yeah that's a good question yeah cuz yeah I well and just to think that those weren't even cops that were chasing after them that was a fire hey. truck, the fire company and just I guess some local yahoos shooting at yep. them. Like imagine you, imagine you driving out, uh, and you get chased out by the fire, like by some fire trucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I mean, like y'all really do mean like fire bringers. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. You're not yeah, fire right. savers. <laughs> you're the you're the fire truck people. Like means you're trying to burn stuff. Like, but you know they like they kind of like like the fire like people in natural fire trucks stuff. Like they died off first, and then it was just the car that chased after. It's yeah, wild. and I'm glad they they both uh, got uh, what they deserved. I was hoping that he was actually uh, Atticus was actually going to be able to shoot one of them, uh, and, and and clip them. But either way, they all died. What I thought was um, uh, pretty interesting as well with that whole car chase scene was that even though the car chase, uh, Uncle George was still calling uh, Letitia girl. Hey, girl, just do, do that. She's like, that's not my mom. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, dude, girl. like you know, don't, don't try to no, uh, quit with the niceties and just no. This is my name. Call me by my name, not girl, 
know, just the uh, same way, you know, the white people call uh, uh, the black men uh, boy. You know, don't call me girl. You know, I'm more than just girl. You know, call me by my name. You know, get, you know put some respect on my name. So on a scale of 10 to 10, how much do you like Letitia? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, we should ask you, <laughs> on a scale of 10 to 10, if you had to choose between having Let- uh, Letitia in this uh, or a... Uh, just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still thinking a juicy small yay. <laughs> no matter how many, I guess, how many, how many years go by, I'm always going to see her as juicy small yay's uh, <laughs> sister. Oh my God, I punch you in the face. Punch you in the face for that. Punch that, that, you in the face. Come on. Let me just do it right now. Let's just punch you in the face right now for that, please. Thank you. That, that being said, that. She's um I pre- I liked her I liked her as a character um I like the show that she's multifaceted she's not you know she show her they show her coming out the car with a, a camera so I'm presuming she's got at least some money to afford a camera because that's not something that everyone has at the time so I'm presuming she was still at that time of her coming back to Chicago was a reporter for um I forgot the name of the 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 newspaper that she was supposed to be working for but at least she has a job at that time but I guess when she spoke with her sister. Uh, it comes to find out that she's actually looking for work, but at least she's not a, she's not a slouch. No, that's that's what I'm. She's not just going to play the the uh, damsel in distress uh, for each episode. She's out there uh, just on, on equal footing as Atticus, Uncle George, and the rest of so far the other male characters in the show. I'm more interested now to find out more about um, uh, Hippolyta. 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 Listen here, linguist. Did, <laughs> did you not read it without you? Like, hold oh. But no, I mean, Hippolyta, Greek mythology? No? Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not my son. My son likes the Greek mythology. I, I, that's lost to me. It wasn't, want... it, it wasn't shoved down your throat as a kid in school. I, 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 I read, I read, I read uh, the books, but it's not something I avidly went back to. I was more into the Egyptian hist- uh, mythology oh. book. Uh, that being said, I'm more interested <laughs> in her character, uh, Uncle George's wife. Uh, yes. And, and what her background, especially when they, they teased us with future ser- uh, scenes of her um, and all different fancy costumes. Like, it's not just, it doesn't seem like this is going to be a, a linear progression of this episode of, okay, find out where my dad is, find out my mother's history, uh, story, no, story over. This sounds like it's going to be all kind of fanciful flashbacks to the Korean War looks like it's a burlesque show. Uh, you see the mother, the, the aunt on a, uh, outer space missions. You see them, right. you know, all is this super sci-fi and I'm here for it. I am. I agree. I'm, I'm here for that. Cause I'm like, I'm wondering like, as the family is going, as the three of them are going on their journey and we do see for the preview that they do end up with their uncle. Like, with, he does end up with his father. Like we see him, we, we see, we see spoiler alert. <laughs> Whatever, if you didn't see the previews for it, it was on there. We see him. But at the same time, I like, we also don't see Uncle George. So does George die? Or does he get young? I don't know. What? Things that happen. But I think Uncle George made a, a fatal mistake by telling his wife that maybe she can come on the next trip as a guy. Because those type of lovey-dovey moments... I mean, somebody's getting ready to die. Yeah, know, and that's like, why I thought Uncle Joe was going to die because he's like, no. I totally thought he was dying that episode. Yeah, I thought yeah. Uncle Joe was going to get killed. 
either by the beast or by the cops in that forest. Especially when he got he he fell, I was like, oh damn! So it's got to be whoever falls in the in the woods from running from danger is automatically uh, a lost cause. But fortunately, he survived that and made it to the house. But I thought then the racist cops, which to me was a perfect um, uh, metaphor for racism in his country, when they was uh, because was like those are monsters out there, and he said, "There's no monsters. Monsters don't exist." Here this is, these beasts just took four of your guys, bit off right. half your arm, and you're going to tell me that that doesn't exist? Don't. Yeah, because, you know, we... we <laughs> and we he was saying that while acting that. like a monster himself. Exactly. That's one of those Bro, all lives a lot of Cop is all lives matter. Yeah. That's, that's the personification of all lives matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sucks, dude. But I really thought Uncle George was going to die because... First off, Atticus ruins his chance of sex in the morning with his wife. It's like, dude, you just ruined that. They he was getting it have... in. There was some moans. He, he, no. got, he got a few strokes. <laughs> he may have got a few strokes or a few fingers, but like, because as soon as he heard that girl scream, they were up and dressed. And I was like, dude, yeah. you just messed it up for everybody. He just wanted to enjoy loving on his wife and you go screw this up. Third. They all hugged him. They didn't even wash their hands or nothing. Oh, like, oh, come on. I was thinking I was that, like, like oh. Dude, like, we know what you, oh, your hands were before that. Why are you touching people? Atticus come walking in. Mm, who making fish? Like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got frying. Why didn't, what's going on in here? <laughs> Dude, why you gotta do that? Why you mess up their lovey dovey stuff? <laughs> <laughs> this is why you don't sneak into your family's house. Uh, uh, no, exactly. Knock on the door, ring the exactly. doorbell. Exactly. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> we're all horrible people. We are all horrible. Oh man, <laughs> we are so horrible people. But oh, I love the fact that he initially thought it was um, Arkham and not Artem. And I was, and I guess again, this is because beforehand I was watching uh, um, Journey's previous movie. So like you mean Juicy's little sister? Journey. Just <laughs> to be completely honest, I remember Journey before I ever learned about her brother. I only knew about show. her brother after the whole thing with him with the the fake uh, allegations of him being assaulted in Chicago. Because I never watched oh. uh, Empire, so I I knew about oh, him from. God. Did not watch Empire, but I knew about them because they had a TV show when they were kids. Was he in the show too? I believe yeah, because it, it was another one. Uh, it was almost all of the siblings. And then it was the other guy who was the non-sibling in the TV show. I'm sorry. That's just I just remember weird. her because she was the, the attractive one, but I did, I'm sure there was a tribe of them. I, I don't know. They're like the, probably like the Jackson 5. I remember her, her from like... when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It's because she was in Full House. Don't ask me how I know that show, but, but somebody in my family used to watch it. So I remember her from Full House when she was uh, a Because kid. Full House was on TV and we all watched TV as kids because there were like a, there was a block of shows that we all watched. <laughs> true, true. That's what, we didn't I mean, watch we Full House even... in our house. We, 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 we did, uh, the TGIF was uh, Family Matters. We didn't watch Full House like that. Uh, see, it was. <laughs> but yeah, I think but after, after Full House, it was probably uh, Eve's Bayou for me. Mm, okay. With her. But whatever. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing her again next week. Yeah. It's going to be so awesome. I'm just like, I can't, I literally can't wait because everything, even if whatever we saw doesn't happen, like even if, you know, it's in weeks to come, <laughs> even if none of that happens in the next episode that we saw the preview for, I'm still going to be really happy. 
because it's so awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just going to expand. I guess there's going to be probably so much more to unpack next week as far as their little tidbits, because they, they're going to have to talk about her, uh, his mother. And just, I'm just, yeah, again, just like you said, Kay, I, I can't wait to hear what they're going to say or what they're, what they're going to show us. And also in, in the trailer, they did show uh, Letitia's sister, I guess, in, in the burlesque show. So then maybe they'll flash back to that or that's some kind of dream sequence. Yeah. There's just so much going on visually that they show us that I don't know where this is going, where this is going to play out within the timeline of the show. Like what's flashback, what's uh, dream sequence, what's actually uh, current date or, or, or on their timeline. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, every, the first episode felt like an event. I feel like every episode is going to feel like an event. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm excited for the next episode. I just hope that everything they showed in the worst to come isn't in the final episode of the season, but mm -hmm. that's to be seen. Yeah. I don't know if it's already been renewed or for a second season or anything like that. I'm sure they're probably waiting for after the second or third week to see what the numbers are, but hopefully it's something that's going to be around uh, for more than just one season. Like, um, Watchmen was right. Well, for now there are ten episodes, so okay. um, the we'll get our last episode on October eighteenth. The next episode is called Whitey's on the Moon. <laughs> Whitey's on the, maybe that's the space episode you're going to <laughs> where where the mom where whatever happens with mom because like remember the girl is sent Diana is saying what's happening but oh my god wait okay I'm sorry did anybody else catch it that one person is called uh one person is named ruby and they don't call diana diana they call her d so like even the same episode they're, they're talking about ruby d okay just being i didn't pick that up but again since you <laughs> since you've seen it like a lot more times than us you're, you're picking up on all the subtleties that either are uh on purpose or accidental uh, i hope it's on purpose i mean that could be the name of the characters in the in the book normally but i'm just like mm -hmm. that just seems so interesting like uh it's a reference to ruby d and it probably is not it probably most likely is definitely not but it just it felt good oh but i can tell you the names of like all the rest of the episodes so episode two whitey's on the moon episode three holy ghost episode four a history of violence episode five is called strange case oh episode six is meet me in daegu so i guess we're going back to korea um, or he's going to uh, reverse back. I don't know. Maybe uh, episode, yeah, or she comes to America. I doubt she's going to miss America, but who knows? Who, I, I wonder how much that, that long-distance phone call was. Yeah, he didn't even say anything. No, right? I was like, dude, you are calling Korea. Stop this. Do you know how much money that costs? Mm -mm. Hurt him bad. Um, seven is called I Am. Eight is called Jigabobo. Okay. <laughs> episode 9 is Rewind 1921 and then episode 10 is called Full Circle so, those are interesting titles I episode know. 2 makes me think of that Tribe Called Quest song um, <laughs> space program because it says there ain't a space program for niggas you stuck here nigga <laughs> so, <laughs> I just think about that way but it's like the space program for Whitey's episode 2 is called it's going to be interesting to see what that's about yeah, yeah. You also mentioned, uh, now that you mentioned um, uh, Tribe Called Quest, I found it unique that they actually played a hip-hop song during the actual uh, scene of them uh, starting out for the, uh, uh, the block party. That threw me off. Like, okay, this is not just a, uh, not all of the audio is going to be um, time period uh, relevant. 
Yeah, someone else. Yeah. I noticed someone else. Brought, someone else brought that up on um, Twitter. They were like, they don't like it when they um, when people when like when you have a time period piece, and then you have something that's so far removed. But I'm, but then I thought, but then I thought to myself, but that speech that Baldwin gave was from the '60s. So if you don't have a problem with the Baldwin speech for the '60s, you shouldn't have a problem with the hip hop. That I didn't know. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. That was from 60s. But I think it also, well. I mean, it's more fitting, but I was like, it's like a nice little way to, like, I felt like the hip hop was like a, a good way to like pop it up and to still keep it fresh. Fresh. You know, it's got to be fresh for days. Um, I guess I would have to listen to the lyrics. So I don't know what lyrics would say. I just knew that it wasn't, some, it wasn't something from the 50s that was being played. So I wasn't sure if, it, if it's possible that it's a, uh, um, a sample maybe the original audio was a sample from a 50s thing i don't know i would have to do a deep dive into the rabbit hole to figure that out but i was just as i'm interested to see where else they where what direction they take to show into maybe 10 episodes is enough to tell the full story if it does i'm hoping it doesn't end uh like a cliffhanger kind of like watchman did where you know it ends just as you no know, uh, dr manhattan seems to emerge himself again or so hopefully um, the rap song was by a young lady named Tierra Wack. I'm like, see, I didn't know this. Like, I didn't know. I had never heard of this young lady before. That but it made me want to look it up. Uh, no, somebody named Tierra Wack. Okay. I thought it was Young Ma when I, when I did the live tweet. Oh, also, check us out on social media. We'll be live tweeting each episode. Yeah, because I have nothing else to do. I'm just Because <laughs> I love it. Because I have so many thoughts that are going on. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Which is generally why like, I watch it again. Because I'm like, what did I miss while I'm tweeting? While I'm like, while my jaw is on the ground. Like, oh my God, what just happened? Like, what mm-hmm. else did I miss? So. Yeah. From this first episode, who has emerged as someone you want to make? Like, whose story you want to you know all about? I mean, it's not that many characters for us to get attached to. Lies. Um, We've got her entire family. We got his family. We got mom. We got the little girl who I'm just hoping never goes on the road because that little girl sees stuff. But, you know, whatever. No? Okay. Uh, okay. So for me, I would say I'm, <laughs> I'm attached to Uncle George just because I feel like he's the, he's the colored Gandalf of this epic quest. He's, he's guiding <laughs> through, the, through the racism of Mordor. Uh, showing them the way because you know he's old he's got his little green book he he's he's <laughs> this is pretty much his staff of power uh showing them the way and he, he's got uh two hobbits with him uh so i like i like uncle george okay yeah, that's that's my that's my that's, <laughs> that's how i'm looking at it i mean am i wrong I, I i can treat the i can treat the uh the i can look at the white racist as orcs, as trolls, as goblins, as as beasts and monsters, and they have to they have to uh, navigate their way through them. Okay, okay, that, that makes sense. <laughs> I like Uncle George. <laughs> um, I would say Atticus, uh, okay. only because I think since he's the what appears to be at least the main character, uh, that there's going to be a lot to his story. Once we learn more about his time in Korea, once we learn more about his family, uh, so I think he might have uh, the most backstory to dive into. Um, but I'm I'm interested to know how Letitia could run so fast, because I think every character in a horror movie should. So I think I would want to learn more about her. But well, I think said- they they covered some of her story yeah. as well mm-hmm. with the the family history. I think Atticus right now is more of a mystery. 
But they, they mentioned her quick. I mean, they threw it out. They said, like, oh, no, I didn't run. Tra- I ran track, blah, blah, blah. And then she took off running. So at least they, they <laughs> at least gave us a tease. Like, okay, she, she used to run. Like, yeah. Good with, uh, you know, good, she's good with her feet because she ran track. Yeah. She quick. Like, I'm sorry. She, she didn't fall. She didn't trip. She didn't nothing. Nothing. She made fine. it to the car. Fine. And then, you know, the beast still jumped on top of the hood and was almost probably going to get it, get her uh, if not for that uh, whistle. I feel like they were playing, the creatures were playing with them. I still felt yeah. like they were playing with them because when you see them at the top, like when, when they're reviewing, they're viewing them from the house, there's the one on the roof, then there's the one in the back, like that's not like it's in the back of the building, on the, well, on the side. Like at any point, y'all could have got her. At any point. Yes, she's quick, but y'all can borrow underground. So, yeah. <laughs> realistically, yeah. Like ground vampires or something. Right. And do they turn back to their human selves in the daytime is what I'm curious. I'm sorry. This is questions that we, yeah, I have so many questions about this. But, um, uh, oh, mine. Who did I, who was my choice? My choice is I actually want to know more about Diana, the little girl. And it's weird only because she's never gone on any of these trips. Mm-hmm. But she can pinpoint where all the danger is without ever going how and it's not like like can she it's just, there's just there's just something more to this little girl that i feel like and is it because of the same blood as atticus i don't know is it the is it through atticus's mom that we get that she's able to like what is it about her that she can pinpoint that there are these different dangers so you're saying they should do a dna test <laughs> yes i'm wondering <laughs> they have those capabilities in 54 because <laughs> that saying, did man. happen a lot back in the day Right, because maybe Atticus's dad is not who we think it is. Maybe Montrose is not Atticus's dad. Maybe Uncle George is Atticus's dad. I'm just saying, there are some, there are some possibilities here. Maybe that oh, was his so younger cool. sister, but they adopted her because no one was capable of looking after her. Who knows? True, because mom true. might have gone missing or died or however mom died. Yeah, that's, you know what? That's very well possible. Hmm, that's interesting. See? I, I didn't think about that. Yeah, imagine if Uncle George is actually... Um, Atticus's real father, but he didn't. He de- he never knew. Like the Atticus's mother never told Uncle George or something like that. Yep. But I think I the power's on the mother's side, isn't it? We assume. So that's what my assumption is. Like, is the power on the mother's? Like, if it's the power's on the mother's side, then uh, Diana is his, is his sister, or I don't know. We're it's, assuming. Now but... it sounded like something from out of Dark, uh, that Netflix show. Dark. Yeah, movie. right. Someone's, okay, someone's so no. Cousin is actually the brother and the nephew, and let's not get confused. Here. Same, like, okay, you're right. We have no idea, but I, I'm just curious how it is that she can pinpoint where the dangers are, specifically. Right. That's a good question. We'll find out in the next up. Ep- hopefully, by the next episode, we'll see. I mean, if it takes like until episode number seven, I'm okay with that. I am so okay with that because Journey had said she did a she did a, a tweet session yesterday, mm-hmm. and she was saying like someone asked her like what question like what episodes they're looking forward to. She said I think episode three and four. What was in? Did you still have the names of those episodes up? Uh, three and four is Holy Ghost and a History of Violence. Okay, no, that's a different movie. I was like, I heard of a, it was a movie called History of Violence, but I. Um, I'm guessing that history of violence may show us a history of possibly domestic violence. So it may be, it may show the, uh, more of, uh, Letitia's, uh, family, possibly even, uh, Atticus's family, you know, them growing up, uh, as, as kids in Chicago, maybe going through abuse, unfortunately, uh, but that may show them how they became to be, which, um, there was one scene inside this episode when, you know, knowing that Atticus 
is a former soldier and he's, uh, he's walking through to the, towards the bar to see if it's get more information about where his father went he sees the other african-american soldier recruiting uh boys from the neighborhood and they kind of like lock eyes and atticus gives him that look like you know you know what you're peddling is crap and it's like yeah, and he gives him that yeah. look back like yeah just keep it moving keep it moving almost like a drug dealer like like i'm gonna get like a for, like a former addict looking at the dealer and they'll just like keep it moving man don't tell him don't tell him this stuff i'm pushing is isn't gonna isn't gonna be the reality you know going over yeah you get a get a gun get all this stuff. no that's not how no this is not how the military is for people of color in their 50s but they don't need to know that just come on down sign up and then don't worry about it that's what i felt when that that quick little scene there yeah so yeah she i'm sorry she said episodes three and four which are holy ghost and history of violence and then eight and ten which is jigabobo and full circle Someone had asked her, do you have a favorite episode that you filmed? And she responded with those. Um, those were some of the hardest to shoot, which is why she loved every minute of them. Mm, so, so whatever yeah, I mean, it is, something hard happening. Yeah, I mean, something real deep is probably going to be shown. Um, by a lot, of, a lot of reality. Nothing's going to be sugarcoated, which they haven't shown. Uh, they, they don't seem like they're going to whitewash any parts of historical accuracy in this, uh, this series. No, which is great. And I yeah. prefer so, that. Speaking of speaking of that, I was wondering because um, I've never seen the Green Book movie, uh, but I was wondering why Sundown Towns did not trend after that movie won the award. Uh, because when you think about it, everyone should have learned about them at least after that movie. Uh, yet this one episode has done a more effective job of showing the importance of the Green Book in terms of the discussion after the episode than I've ever seen after the movie, The Green Book itself. Mm-hmm. You would think that, like, it does, like, it it should, like, more people should have known, and then you can look up the Sundown Towns in your own, in, sorry, in your own, t- in your own state, like, hey, guess what, here in, here in lovely Westchester, which is where two of us are from, Bronxville was a Sundown Town. Hmm. Is anybody shocked? No, I'm kind of shocked. I don't know that. Well, I guess I, I'm not from the neighborhood, so I, I would. I'm sorry, Kareem. Are you are you shocked that Bronxville was a sundown town? No, I'm not. <laughs> exactly. Wow, I, I yeah. did not think of that. Um, but also with the Green Book, I don't. I have never seen. I didn't see the Green Book film. Um, granted, has Michelle Ali in it, which he's a great actor. I don't think it really uh, showed the difficulty. And this, this, the, the stark reality of being a person of color and having to use the Green Book or having to navigate throughout um, uh, Jim Crow uh, America and looking for you know a place to rest, a place to eat, and just to, you know just simple travel. It's not like now we can just imagine Green Book in 2020, where I can I got to go on Google and say you know Google you know, how do I get to wherever and it's and it has to go all these different routes you can stop here you can stop there you can't stop here but you can stop here like that's that's crazy to me that that yeah. we have to uh as a people have to navigate this world like it's a like it's a um a board map from candyland like you got all you got all these ins and outs that you got to get to just to get to your destination yeah it is so for me with the towns that you have to go through even though it seems like it's older and it's in the past i still do this like when I first started traveling on my own, I would, especially when I would go out of the country, I would look, and I still do this, and I, I look for which places are outwardly racist against black Americans, 
because it is a difference between how they feel about black Americans versus black Africans and black British people. Like it's, it's a difference. So I still had to look and see, okay, what's in the news before, again, mainly before pre internet and stuff like that. And Twitter, what is the news saying about how these people feel about black people? What is your news saying about what you think about black people? So I would do that for outside the country and it's not just like the fact that I'm black, but it's also because I'm a black female and I'm traveling by myself. And then I still do that with places, especially in the beginning with here in America, I'd be like, okay, what places may I want to visit? Would I not be so welcomed or where would I feel that it would be a very, it would be problematic for me to go. I had one year, one year, my brother, one of my brothers, him and his friends drove across country. They drove from New York all the way to Vegas and then came back. I have wanted to do that trip ever since I was like maybe 15, 16. And then I realized to myself, I could not do that as a black female by myself because where can I stop? What towns are still stuck in the past? <laughs> what, ta- what towns are still not overly welcoming to black people what towns are very anti-black and now it's it's almost easier to see it now with with twitter and stuff like that because people people are telling about their own towns whereas for a good period of time without that green book we thought it was over with but it wasn't and people would still go missing and things like that so on one hand like when i was younger and I was first getting into travel, like, I really wish we still had something like a green book because then we can see, yeah, okay, um, so stay away from here, stay away from here, stay away from here. And it's funny because it's not that, like, even though it's only, I think the last green book was maybe published in the 50s or something, those people's kids still are around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't see the town changing all that much because guess what? You were right, your grandparents are still around. Your parents are still around. They've taught you the same thing. So while it may have a different face to it, it's still the same intent underneath. So on one hand, I wish we would still have one. And it'd be great if someone could create another one that was, you know, more accurate to today. But I guess nobody's going to honestly say, yeah, well, my town is a sundown town now still. But at least we know like it still does exist. And the anti- black anti-immigrant anti-brown anti-anything not white is still rampant in america and if you don't believe it just look at the news just look up a book look up the news it's the same stuff yeah so yeah absolutely right but you know kareem still likes going to uh the midwest to see that really big area what was that wisconsin minnesota what was it that you'd like to go to uh, that was uh, a few years ago. Uh, since Trump has been in office, my travel to those areas have dropped drastically. Uh, people are bolder now. Um, and my patience isn't as high as it should be. And I prefer not to put myself in situations where uh, it may not lead to a good conclusion. Good idea. See, exactly. It's like I'm older now. Like I'm, I had a smart mouth back then. Now I have a smart mouth and and, and even less patience. <laughs> it's not a good look. 
Yes. <laughs> so, but it, but it, you made an excellent point that in terms of making travel arrangements, you do have to take a lot into consideration. Um, and there's some information that you can't necessarily find um, on travel guides online. Right? They have information. They say, yeah, visit this place. Um, this is a small town that you might like to stop in. They have this. But then one of the things I would do is I would always check the population. You know, like where was from the last census, how many black people are in that town? Yeah. Um, I would really do that before deciding which towns we should probably stay in. And when we did travel to certain areas, I made sure we stayed in tourist places because you would know that, okay, there's, there's a lot of people here. Even if they don't like you, this is how they make their money. Mm-hmm. So they don't want any incidents to occur because then that's going to impact their money. Um, but it is a shame that you can't just experience all of America uh, like you should want, like you should, like you want to. That's part of the tragedy. And I think this show, even though it's set in a different time period, it still captures that reality. Like this, um, this is supposed like it's. It takes place. It's the start of this is in 1954, so that's only 66 years ago. Yeah, like that's not that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're in the wrong town now, and you're a black man with a hoodie on, even if it is coming from a convenience store. And it's a very quiet neighborhood. They can still view that as, what are you doing in this town after right. sundown? Like, you look uh, suspicious. Exactly. So, it's like, don't wear dark and muted colors. Wear bright colors. Be as bright as the sun. Yes. Yes. So, so I, I'm curious to see what other topics this show touches on uh, besides sundown towns. Uh, because I think the way it addressed it was, was pretty powerful. And it at least made people more curious to learn about sundown towns. And to me, that's important. Uh, mm-hmm. A show can only cover so much. Uh, and it is, uh, you know, fantasy. So you want to still be able to explore some of those fantasy elements. But it's good that it, it creates uh, some more curiosity in its audience, where it leads to even greater research. So to me, that's a bonus. Yep. But I do know at least we're gonna like because next episode is called Whitey's on one. I'm like, yes, we're gonna get some Gil Scott Harry because you cannot have that title and not play his music. Okay, I'm sorry, that's just me. <laughs> what have y'all not heard the Gil Scott Herring song Whitey on the Moon? I I probably have when I was a kid. Um, um, I know my dad had a, all his collections in vinyl. Um so I'm sure it was it was one of the many songs I probably played in the house without me even realizing it. Um like you said, each episode may even show us, say, another uh, angle of being black in America during the 50s. We don't know. I, again, I guess that's the downside as well as the beauty of not reading the books because we can come up with all kind of theories mm-hmm. as to what's going to be uh, showcased to us and then be pleasantly surprised by what we actually receive rather than us reading the book and then uh, nitpicking. Well, so-and-so looks should have been this way. I envisioned it to be this. They didn't show enough of that or they showed too much of this. I think that's, I think that's probably the best way for us to just not read the book until the film is done and then we can review it and then critique after that. That means I gotta wait all in stocks over 18 to buy the book. Yeah, I, 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 the save your money. <laughs> I really do like I I want to know what's going to happen but I 
don't want to know. Like someone had offered to give me the digital book and I was like, nah, because if I get the digital book, I'm going to read it and then I'll be miserable that I'm not being completely like shocked and I want to be as shocked like everybody else is in what's happening. I just can't wait. Yeah, Just a few more days. Just a few more days. And we'll have more answers to our questions. Or will we just have more questions? Oh, we'll have definitely more questions. That's guaranteed. <laughs> but hopefully we'll have answers to the questions we asked today. Okay. Uh, I think with that being said, we'll end it now and we'll be back. Uh, definitely we'll have a new episode of this coming Monday uh, to cover episode two of Lovecraft. Lovecraft Country. I'm sorry, Lovecraft Country. Yes. I'll edit that part. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Don't edit it out. Leave it in. I'm just kidding. That's an outtake. No. <laughs> no, I'm going to leave. I'm leaving this part in then. So we're not perfect. We're going to leave it in. As, as Bill O'Reilly said, we're doing it live. We're doing, yeah. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook under the name Three Hokages and on Twitter and Twitch while the guys game, which is Three Hokages Podcast. For more episodes and blogs, check us out on www. Three Hokages.com, and that is three the number H O K E G S dot com. And I feel like Vanna White, those numbers have turned. Thanks again for listening to us. Have a great time. But let's get it. No itch, you wanna kick it, cause it's pre all day. When I spray, pull a three Hokage. We on sight, think a night, maybe move all ways. It's hard to see three ninjas when they move on stage. Now we're tuned of the sound of the new old age. Book words more clever, the stakes is higher, the stakes is higher. Based on the day, it's wire. The culture ain't a case of day to day, a tiger. Respect the frame, the bands is fire. Pay comments, we can speak about us. Pay comments, we can speak about us. Pay comments, we can speak about us. Yeah.